apparent overlap here of uh, the holiday season is that we get some of our college kids back. Isn't that fun? Isn't it great to have Lily up here? Now they have Lily and Ryan and Cassidy's back there in the back, and I know Jay's usually bumping around, and, and uh, just good to see some of them. And I think they head back. Lily, you head back this week? Tomorrow, head back, Cassie goes back this afternoon, and I imagine Jay's on that same schedule. So keep, uh, keep our college kids in your prayers as they start that um, next semester for them, for all of the kids, uh, um, RJ, some of, our, some of our kids that we just want to, I call them kids, they're not kids, but they feel like kids to me. Um, also want to, uh, to ask your prayers, uh, I, I want to share with you uh, this week, um, for, for two individuals and families. Um, one, you see in the bulletin uh, the, this past week, uh, Mary Jane Parrish passed away. Some of you know Mary Jane, some of you, you do not. But uh, we're going to have services uh, for Mary Jane here Thursday at 11 o'clock to celebrate her life and, and want to, to ask you not only to, to keep the family in your prayers, but also if you're able, we're going to do a luncheon for the family after the service um, if you're able to help us out with that, um, to bring something to share for that, or to help serve, to be here, um, if you'd call the church office and let us know, we need some hands to help with that. Um, and so for Mary Jane and her family, also asking for your prayers for Joyce Leonard and Dave and that family, um, as Joyce has been moved this morning to hospice in um, Ellington. And both of these wonderful ladies, Mary Jane and, and Joyce Leonard, uh, they're, they're what I consider matriarchs of the church. I know not everybody knows them as the church has grown. It's not possible. Um, but these are two ladies that have been really foundational in, in who we are and have been part of our ministry for, I think, probably before I was born um, here at, at Parish. I mean, just, just really, really, um, as I said, just pillars of the church. And so we celebrate them and, and surround their families and certainly surround Joyce with our thoughts and prayers. So I want to just kind of ask you to, to lift that up and to keep that on your mind um, this week. And, uh, and, and so, to kind of segue into that, so, so Mary Jane and, and Joyce have been um, a part of this church for, for decades, and um, we're here today, and I'm here today, uh, celebrating the end of a decade, one decade with you, as it was, and John mentioned, it was January 3rd, 2010, so it would have been, the 10-year mark would have been a, a couple days ago, but it was this weekend that, um, that Tony and I uh, began our ministry uh, with you together. We had moved in the, uh, the week before. Uh, some of the first faces, in fact, some of the first faces, Joe, you and Kathy showed up with a meal on our door, which we were incredibly grateful for, and many others would do that in the days after. And we, we spent our first New Year's Eve at your house. Um, and the, the Rockies were there and some others, and, and it was kind of the, the introduction to, to our time um, together. And I was just reflecting on that a little bit, because this June actually marks 27 years since I was ordained a pastor in the United Methodist Church. Um, so... I was, uh, now that was, uh, it started as what we used to call deacons, which was kind of the first step toward elders ordination, but it was June of, of 19, um, did I, how many years did I say? 
27. Okay, back that up. 23. 27 years when you count the, the total time I've been in ministry. 23 years since I was ordained, but it was the end of my sophomore year of college that I served, I had my first um, job in ministry as a youth pastor. And so when you count those years of service, I should say 27 years. And my whole point was, it feels like really, and it's true, my adult life has been sent, spent in, in ministry and service. Even the few years that I referenced a few months ago where I had a, a break from appointed ministry, I was still preaching and leading in the church. And so this is, this is what I know, and, and, I'm, and I'm thankful for that. I also want to say that um, I'm, I don't think that... As part of my ministry, that gets recognized enough um, how important and instrumental Tony is to that. You all see her up here every week singing. Um, what, you, what you don't see is how often she holds me together in the midst of the, the struggles. And, and I could not do what God's called me to do without her. She is not um, kind of a secondary. She's, she's instrumental. She's foundational in who I am. And she walks side by side. And I am forever thankful for that. And I'm grateful for that. Um, and she's, she's been a part of that since the beginning. As I said, I, I started, um, I got a call to, you know, I felt a call to ministry during my freshman year of college at, at Florida Southern, where Cassidy is now. And I was, I was a pre-law major. I think I've told you that story before. And God said, no. Something else in mind. And um, it was uh, just a few months later that Tony and I started dating. So in as much as you can know what you're getting into, which is you really can't, um, she kind of had a sense, at least from the beginning, and has really journeyed all of this with me. And we got married young. We didn't think we were at the time, but I was 22 and she was 21 when we got married. And I did that intentionally because I didn't want to give her a chance to think about it. And... uh, (laughs) And so we've, we've, really, we've really been blessed in, in the ups and downs of, of life. And so 27 years serving the church, the last 10 here with you. And I was thinking about the fact that, and it didn't really, I don't know at what point I crossed the threshold of this, but um, this is the longest that I've ever lived anywhere in my entire life. Um, What's that? I, I'm going for it. I'll take it to retirement. Um, but uh, but it was it, it's the longest because uh, you know as a as a preacher's kid, Dad moved. He didn't move a lot. You know, my my father, if you're new um, and haven't yet met him or heard me talk about him, is is a retired pastor himself, and and um, he only moved three times in his entire ministry. And his last appointment was 22 years in Hudson, which is the area that I consider my hometown. But I was in the eighth grade when we moved there. So I had five years before I went to college, and then just really a couple summers home before you know, I was out and on my own. So even if you're generous, you could say seven or eight years there. But no, no place have we been as long as, we have, um, as we've been here. And I'm so thankful for that. I, I shared, if you read the newsletter that came out this week, I shared one of the things I am, I am so thankful for. And to kind of put it in perspective... Just to kind of give you a sense, and if you come to the reception or, or haven't been or in between, um, Jill, I don't know if Jill's in here, she's usually here at the, the next service. Um, is, are you back here, Jill? Oh, there, there you are, Jill and, and Christy and Marley, I don't know who all is responsible. I think every picture I've ever posted on Facebook is out here in the, uh, in the, in the, 
gathering place. But, um, but just to kind of help frame what 10 years looks like, um, in January or December, before we were appointed here, we got a family picture taken. It's probably out there. But that was us 10 years ago. And I know it's because you're looking at the kids. Trust me, I know. Um, because that really kind of gives you, gives you that perspective. In fact, that's Ryan and Cassie um, 10 years ago. Cassie was a third grader. Um, Ryan was a fifth grader. I didn't have a, a from that photo session that we did with, with a family member, I didn't have a, an individual picture of Cassie, but I did of, of Ryan with his, with his guitar there was where it all started. And um, one of the things that I, that I prayed for and that I shared with you was that they would have a hometown, that they would have a home church. Preacher's kids don't always get this. Military kids, you know, it's not just pastors that get moved. A lot of you have, have known that kind of experience of, of moving a lot. And, and my prayer really was that, that they would have a place that for the rest of their life would be their home. And I asked them both this because I wanted to kind of make sure I was telling you the truth. So uh, we, we went, um, we got away for this past week and, and the four of us went to, to Savannah and so without them knowing what I was thinking, I just asked them individually. I said, when you are asked where you're from, you know, when Ryan, when you're in Tennessee and somebody's, where are you from? Or when Cassie's in Lakeland and somebody says, where are you from? Um, what do you say? And both of them said, perish. And I am deeply, deeply thankful for that. I'm deeply grateful um, for that, 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 that you all have given them that, that, that we've been able to have that kind of... of um, time and, and ministry, and we've been able to share that life together. So all of these things are, are things that are they're very, um, I'm, you know, incredibly reflective of, I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, that first Sunday that we were here, we sat, the family, and Dad and Judy, and, and I don't remember who else, we had a lot of friends that came, came down that Sunday, uh, but we sat down here when Pastor Don Burkhart stood up here and, and introduced us. Now, many of you know Pastor Don. Some of you, you do not. Um, Pastor Don was the, not only a church member and continues to be, him and his wife Mary, but was also the interim pastor between the, the previous pastor left early and, and I came in, in January. So there was about four months, probably real more in, in, in reality, in which Pastor Don led the church. And, and I want to say I'm hoping that he's able to be here at the next service. But... Um, the fruits of the ministry that, um, that we've enjoyed together and the, the impact that we've had and the, the way God has blessed this church in so many ways, um, that has built a lot on the foundation that Pastor Don laid in the years, that, in the time that he sent. Um, it, was, it was tumultuous. Those of you who are going to get to that in just a moment, but, but he really... Um, as we say, he greased the skids for me, and, um, and I'm forever thankful for that, and his continued ministry and leadership here. And so if you know Pastor Don, you know, I hope you'll take a time to, to thank him on this, on this occasion. Now, I thought it would be fun to just kind of do a little visual, um, I don't want to say test, but, but research maybe is the best way to, to put it, to kind of see where you've, where you've jumped 
or been on this journey of these 10 years, kind of where you kind of came into the story. So I'm going to, to ask you, if you're able to stand, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're able, if not, you can raise a hand. But if you've been a part of the church for three years or longer, for three years or longer, would you stand or raise a hand if, if stand? Okay, that's a, that's a good person. Okay, let's go five years. Five years. All right. Seven. Oh, we're thinning down. All right, let's say nine. Nine or longer. Okay, I'm going to get May and John on this one. Ten years. Ten years or longer. How many? All right. This is, this is those who have been a part of the journey from day one. So thank you. I wanted to see. I wanted to see who, who it was. Thank you, guys, who have been. And I'm thankful for all of you that have been... Uh, a part of, of the journey. I know Dave and Sue, Dave was saying that they came, he was sharing with me before the service that the, the second, was it the second Sunday that I was here? They, they came. And I, I'm thankful for all of you. No matter, and if, if you've been here for a month, I'm thankful for you. I just didn't want to make you feel bad, so I started with three years. But, um, but, but thank you for, for being a part of this journey. And, and in that time, you know, it's been... Uh, you know, it's been a wonderful 10 years. It's been challenging at times. It's been for life. And uh, in those years, I, uh, I calculated up. I've preached over 500 sermons here. Um, I know. It's, I didn't think I had that much to say either. Um, <laughs> Tony's saying, yes, he does. Um, but, uh, you know, when you count Sundays and special services and things. And I know that there's a couple themes that, um, that come up. Uh, pretty regularly because they're, they're impactful for me and a lot of times things that, that reside in, and are kind of in the well of my own soul are the things that, that kind of you hear um, with some frequency. And, and I was reflecting on one of those phrases that I often say and we're going to get to that but I'm going to use that really to kind of bridge the scripture or that thought to bridge the scripture because the, the thought is what kind of led me to the scripture this morning. And, and that is a scripture I wouldn't necessarily have thought would have fit for this occasion, but it's 2 Corinthians 4, uh, the first seven verses. And, and this is what Paul writes to the church, is what God speaks to us. He says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Friends, sisters, this is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Lord, that we would just hear the invitation and the promise you give us. 
to be at work in our lives and that your power is present through the, the Holy Spirit. Lord, speak to us in these moments, these words that are spoken, this time of worship, that we would hear and receive your promise, your truth, and the invitation to faith. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. God uses the ordinary. God uses the ordinary. That's the phrase that, that kept coming back to me as I was, I was thinking about my ministry with you, our ministry together, what God's called me to do. God uses the ordinary. And I start with that as a self-reflection because I am, it is not lost on me um, what I consider sometimes the absurdity of, of what God has called me to do, which is to stand here on a weekly basis before you and to expound and to share and to, I hope, enlighten God's word and, and what that means for us. And, and the task is important and the task is significant and it's, it's valuable and it's ordained by God. The absurdity is, is simply that God uses me to do it. Um, and I don't mean that to sound just self-deprecating. But, but I've said frequently, and it's just so true, I find it absurd sometimes because I know me. I know me the way you don't. I know me the way I don't want you to know me. <laughs> and, and the point just being that so often... I'm sharing and expounding and, 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 and preaching about things that are so challenging in my own life. And that internal dialogue is always raging in the head. That This is absurd that you should be talking about this when somebody should be talking about it to you. And that's, that's the nature of, of, of God's call. And, and that's the nature of, of the ordinary in, in which um, that God uses and, and I, I fit that bill. And, and one of the gifts that you have given me in our 10 years together, or however long you've been a part of this church family, is that um, you've allowed me to, um, to wrestle with that openly with you. You've allowed me that freedom to, to kind of share with you repeatedly. This is hard for me, too. I struggle here. I, I have a lot of work in my own life in this place. You've let me be transparent. Now, you say, well, we didn't let you do that. But, but yes, you did. In, in your encouragement, in your openness to hear it, in your willingness to, to let me knock myself off the pedestal at times. Because it is really uncomfortable sometimes to stand in front of you and do this. Because I know I am just as deep in the mess and the muck of life as, as, as all of us. And, and so sometimes I kind of try to get myself off the pedestal. Because I, I know some of the absurdity of, of God using me in this ministry. Dad used to always say it's just proof God has a sense of humor. And, and, and there's, there's really a lot of truth in that. Yeah, uh, Groucho Marx is famed as having said, on the occasion, either the, the story changes a little bit, whether he was trying to, to quit some prestigious membership, some club that he was in, or he'd been invited to one. But the quote basically says that, or he said, that I refuse to be a part of 
or be a member of a club, or to, I refuse to be a part of a club that would have me as a member, you know? And that's kind of the, the way that sometimes it, it feels to be, to me. So, so God uses the ordinary, but, but part of the gift of our community together is that while I see myself as ordinary, um, you are too. You are too. And I say that with affection. I say that with, with love. You're real. Um, you, 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 you're, you're authentic. There, there's just, there is just a, a wonderful um, uh, sincerity about, about who you are as, as individuals of, of this community of faith, an authenticity that I, I value and that I treasure. And so there is this, this gift of being ordinary. And, and here's why I say it's a gift. It's because, well, I have in my office, and, and I wrote about the sign and the newsletter this week that I keep on my bulletin board, but I have a lot of trinkets and things, some that you have given me over the years, other things I've picked up in other places that are um, anchors for me, that remind me of a, of a spiritual truth that I want to hold on to, that encourage me in some of my practices and disciplines of, of faith and, and prayer, and, and sometimes just kind of root me in the truth of, of who we are. And one of them, and I've showed this to you before, some of you have seen this, is this cup that I keep on my desk. And uh, I don't even remember where exactly I got this. I think I got it at a concert years ago. But it's not the occasion that I received it that is, is memorable. It's just the cup itself. It's just a simple, inexpensive clay cup. Nothing fancy, nothing particularly um, sentimental or, or significant about it. But it anchors me in the verse that I read this morning, specifically the seventh verse of, of 2 Corinthians 4. It's the reason I chose that verse. For we hold these treasures in jars of clay. That's what, that's what Paul says to the church. He says, we hold these treasures in in jars of clay. And, and a jar of clay is just a simple, disposable, everyday cup. You know, we would say a cup of plastic. Or if you remember, I talked about this a couple years ago, I used a red solo cup. You know, something disposable, something everyday, something ordinary. And he's not doing it as a way to disparage us. But, but to anchor us. You know, this cup is incredibly um, brittle. I mean, I, I'm sure I could squeeze this hard enough to break it. I'm positive if I drop it, it won't be an illustration in the third service. It's, it's cracked on the edges. It's wobbly. It doesn't sit flat. Um, it's not ornate or decorative. It is, in many ways, us. You and me. And this is why I love it, because it reminds me, the second half of the statement that I'm so fond of using, God uses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. God uses, this is, this is what Paul says we are. And, and he says that to remind us that our value is not of ourselves, but it's what's within ourselves, and that's God's presence. It's God's spirit. You know, if, if, um, 
you are really thirsty. I mean, dying of thirst. And this cup has water in it. This cup is really valuable. If you're a merchant trying to, to earn money to feed your family and this cup holds an expensive and valuable perfume, this cup is very valuable. In fact, if I asked you how much you'd pay for this cup, if I said, I'm selling this, how much would you give me? And you were really kind of valuing it at face value, you might offer me a quarter, maybe a buck if it has some value to you. But if I told you that inside is a $10 bill, does it suddenly become a little more valuable? Not because of the cup itself, but because of what's inside. Paul says to us that we hold this treasure in jars of clay so that we will know that the, all, the, the, the power at work within us is not of ourselves, it's of God. That, that for us, we are, we are valuable, we are important, we matter, but we are brittle and we are frail and we are imperfect, just like this cup is in every way imperfect. But God uses us to do extraordinary things. And I think that's far more, value than being, far, far more valuable than being decorative and pretty. I think we embrace the ordinary because God's word reminds us that over and over that's who God uses. I mean, the story from Genesis to Revelation is full of God choosing ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And we could just walk through the Bible and just pick them out. Moses was a shepherd. I mean, Moses, well, Moses was a shepherd. He was out in the field. David was a shepherd. We talked about Ruth weeks ago, a, a widow. And, and we could just kind of do this all day long. That's, that's what God does. It's far more important to be useful than it is to be pretty, to be purposeful rather than pretty. In fact, if you walked in our house, if we had you over after church, said, why don't you come over to the house, which we wouldn't because the house is a mess and Tony wouldn't let you in. Um, because uh, not, that's not Tony's fault. Let me back that up. That has nothing to do with her. It's just college kids. It's Cassie. Cassie's waving. Yeah. We, no, seriously, from like September... Until December, our house has never been cleaner. I'm not kidding. These two come home. And I'm telling you, you remember the peanuts, pig pen? Remember how the dark, dirty cloud followed pig pen around? That's, that's what happens. They walk in and mess happens. Just instantaneously, it's messy. Um, so anyway, as I dig myself out of the grave here. Um, but, but if you came into our house... You would, like probably a lot of your homes, if you walked into our, our not because they're dirty, wait a minute, I've got to be careful here. If you walked into our dining room, you would see the uh, china cabinet, and you would see the beautiful um, china that we have. We got as wedding gifts, you know, when we got married 20, almost 25 years ago. It is, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful teal green. It's really nice, um, and it's practically useless. It is. We don't ever use it. I mean, once in a while, Tony will pull it out just so that I can't make this argument. But, but we, we don't. If you came in the house and said, gosh, can I have something to drink? I'd say, absolutely. And I'd get you a fine, fancy plastic cup that we keep. In a, and it's not because you're not worthy of it. We just don't use I don't drink out of it because it's not purposeful. It's, it's not practical. We grab the stuff that is, that is useful, and we use that to, to share and to, to give the gifts and to be kind of this vessel of whatever it is we're wanting to offer. 
And that's, that's, what, that's what God does. I'm not looking at a room full of fine china. Sorry. And that's a compliment. You're not either, because that wouldn't be real practical. I'm, I'm looking at folks that have, in 10 years together, been purposeful. Really? Been purposeful. And have engaged and gotten intentional about the work that God's called us to. That's, that's what I am so thankful for. Because the other value of, of an earthen vessel, a jar of clay, is that it, it helps keep us humble. And that's really what Paul's going for. Now, some of us have families to help keep us humble. I do. I do. You guys don't see it. But every Sunday, Tony's and Ryan will be sitting up here. When Cassie's home, she'll be sitting up here a lot of times. And um, inevitably, every week, I slip and mispronounce something. It just ha- What was it last week? You remember? Christ will dwell. That was last week. Christ, Christ will dwell. They remember. See? That's my point. And they sit down here, and I will hear it come out of my mouth. And I know instantaneously, I can't look at the front row, because they're going to be on their phones. Did you hear what Dad just said? Dad just said, Christ will dwell. And sometimes Cassie will text me while I'm preaching. Ha, 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 you just said. And I feel it vibrate in my pocket. She knows I can't look at it. I have family to keep me humble. Some of you, we all have those, and we need those people. But, but God's, God's the vessel is to remind us what Paul says. This power, this, this comes from God. In 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, Paul says that God uses the foolish to shame the wise. That, that, that God uses the, the, if I can paraphrase it, that God uses the kind of the ordinary to, to, to humble the, the, the fancy, the, the weak, to, to bring down the powerful. It's, it's to remind us that, that it's not of ourselves. It's God's work within us. So that God is the one that gets the glory. And here's what I say to you. You all have been so wonderfully kind and complimentary on the occasion of this 10-year anniversary. And I am thankful for that. But, but the truth is that in 10 years and the things that God has done in our life together... I don't, I don't deserve the credit. It's not me. And many of you have gotten your hands dirty and you've taken your gifts and your talents and you've engaged in ministry and service in, in just unending ways that have made a difference and have impacted the world. And, and I said to you 10 years ago when I first came, I, I challenged the church and, and have repeatedly through the years said that if we were gone today, if this church ceased to exist, would the community miss us? With the, the community, yes, and they would, they would, because we've made a difference, and, and that's not to pat ourselves on the back, because here's the thing, you all have been instrumental in that, but you don't deserve the credit either. It's what's at work within us, God's Holy Spirit. We are the vessels that God has chosen to manifest his glory and to live out his love, and we are important, and we're a part of that, and we matter, not diminishing us at all, but not... We can raise up Christ without lessening ourselves. Christ is the power at work. And so I just shared to you, that's what God does. That's, that's what God does. And I am thankful. I'm thankful that God has chosen somebody who, by every stretch, is ordinary for this calling in this ministry. And I'm 
incredibly thankful that 10 years ago, God brought Tony and I and Ryan Cassidy to share life with a bunch of ordinary people. Because in it, God has done extraordinary things. And this is the dawn of a new decade. And I am excited about what God is going to continue to do. And I'm excited about the impact and where God is going. So I am both grateful for what has been, and I cannot wait to see what is yet to come. Thank you for allowing me to share life with you, allowing Tony and Ryan and Cassidy to share life with you for this past decade. And I'm ready to see what God does next. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Lord, that our praise would be for you. For you have worked and you've blessed us and you've seen us through some challenging times and you've, you've just been present in the joyous times. We're thankful for what you've done and we just pray we'll be faithful to what is yet to come as we live into your call. We pray in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We prepare.